Hello and welcome to another episode of Words of Wellness. We are just here today and just wanting to talk about how does a single person, yes, a totally different aspect from our uh, podcast last week or last time, and just wanted to dive into the single life. How is it being single in 2023? Not just single, but you're also single again. And you are in this world where everything and social media is guiding so many people to go based off of what that says versus what God says. So many people are into signs and horoscopes and I got to marry a Gemini or a, a Cancer or a Leo because I'm this way and that way. And there's so many different aspects and that is so off of what God has for you. I see that very culturally as well and just saying, oh, you're this and that. How can you be like this when you're supposed to be like that? Well, we can get on into that a little bit later. Um, that's also a marriage topic we'll talk about as well. But how would someone even know to get with that person and then you're going off of what a newspaper says or wherever you get your horoscope from and knowing how to look for a person. Well, there's, you can go by that and I don't advise you to, or anything that's contrary to what the word of God has for you to look for. Because for men, the Bible says we find a wife, we find a good thing. And so when we have the wife, we're not looking for a girlfriend. Because the woman is already doing what she is and will do as her lifestyle and her being as a wife with that, that's who they are. That's with that. So when you see, oh, that's wifey material, that's what, that's actually biblical. That is wife for that. But to even rewind before we even get there is to understand that I believe that in order to even know if you're ready to be single again, is to one, look at yourself first and knowing yourself, do you have certain criteria so that when you meet that one, you know that they are ready because you are ready and you know what you're looking for. Now, I know many women have the, and some guys, have that 25 character list of what they're doing and what they want and what it has to see. He got to be this way. He got to be that way. He got to be tall, dark, and handsome. Um, he got to be athletic. Abs are okay, but they're not. She can have be 36, 24, 36, but that isn't everything. Uh, that's there. We got that list. They got to be holy on the outside and 
that person in the inside of the house. Uh, we can say all of that stuff that's there. Um, they got to have a relationship with Christ. Those lists, those things are great with that. And not to counteract those, but at the same time, those things can be so complicated to where you don't get it. And I have friends, um, men and women, 30, 40, some 50 year olds. And even 20 year olds as well that have a list, but because a person does not meet a standard of a certain decree or degree, they will totally avoid that relationship possibilities, not knowing or it's as if that that person cannot evolve as they are even in their relationship with Christ. And we will spend the, uh, they, they will spend their lives in multiple relationships that don't last long. And when I say long over a year, because, uh, well, it didn't do this. They didn't do that. They didn't do this. And it's like grace is not there. And or the image of themselves is tainted as well. But I just wanted to go into a quick talk of just how to be single with a purpose of getting um, with the purpose of getting married. For those that do, if you don't want to get married and you tune me out, <laughs> um, but those that have that single life, there is hope for you and you don't have to. I'm not saying lower your standards and you don't have to change who you are or try and change anyone else. But the first thing we must do is we all must serve the same God. Being unequally yoked is not just in a relationship of marriage, but it's also when you have different views of God that literally come into play and that are a factor. For example, it's as if a Catholic marrying someone that is Baptist or Pentecostal or denominational or non-denominational. Because if they are true to their faith, the way they serve God and the way they even talk to God are totally different. But when you, when someone of the faith that's a Christian and wanting to be in a relationship with someone else that's not, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to know who you serve and what you're willing to serve about your God. So being able to be single, you have to know who you serve because Matthew 6, 24 says that no man can serve two masters for either you will hate one or love the other. And that word hate literally is there. You got to hate the other one. So how can you be serving 
and loving one God, but married to someone and you hate their God. Those two things usually don't work out. And if that is somebody, let me know and and let me know how that how that is. What is what is prosperous? What is not in that relationship? I guarantee you, some things are not prospering that should be. There are some dead things, some things that are uncovered, things that are not talked about that need to be. It hinders um, the relationship. And then when you bring the family into it, because all families that have children want a church that is going to support and their children. Um, being able to have a good time there. If your children are not satisfied in children's church or they don't have that section <laughs> somewhere, your children, won't, you won't go to that church. And that's a plain and simple fact. So you have to be able to be in agreement of the faith and know where this is where we, um, they may, and just because you are in a dating phase doesn't mean that things will change when you get married. You have to go into the marriage how you see your marriage being, not hoping how you want your marriage to be with that. Because you cannot be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness. That's 2 Corinthians 6.14. You can't be yoked together what you're carrying together is you're going to tear apart if you're not together so the first part in finding someone is make sure first you have a strong firm foundation in your relationship with Christ and number 2 as well that other person needs to have a strong relationship with Christ as well that's usually a factor and I hear that more with women than with men is the fact that they have to have that spiritual leader. And that is biblically correct. That is correct as um, Cause men, we lead and women find security in a good leader. So I'm actually counseling someone now that are somewhat getting ready to step into a dating relationship. But if you can't have the hard conversation of knowing their relationship with Christ, then you have to, number one, question yourself, like, why am I scared to talk about God with this person? Because people are either going to be God appointment, appointed or enemy assigned. And so when you're in a relationship with someone or getting ready to be there, then you have to have the conversation of knowing well, is this person really in love with God? And if you have to ask that question, that's an indicator of at least a yellow flag, if not a red flag, because his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I don't care where you met this person at. If you are not able to hear them talk about God in any way, Form or fact, I'm telling you, if that is not a conversation piece in their mouth, they don't have that strong foundation that they need. Well, that's not fair, Dr. Wells. Well, is it truth? 
Next thing. Okay, they have a relationship with God. That's great. We know who they serve. The other part of that is your vision, your mission in life. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. That word called means invitation. So I have a relationship with God. Now I need to focus on what is he inviting me to? What am I called to do in this world? Am I a missionary? Am I a pastor? Am I a doctor? Am I a lawyer? Uh, What am I going to do with this calling that he has placed in my life? What is my, am I a housewife? Am I a man that does this? What are you? What does that look like? All those answers are found in prayer. Those answers are found in prayer for the invitation that God calls you to. When you're out in the marketplace and when you're out at your job, when you're out at school, you will receive confirmation of what the invitation is. But confirmation only comes from a conversation with him. I'll say that again. Confirmation comes from a conversation with him. When you have that mission and you know what you're doing in life, then yes, you are able to go forth and know that, yes, I have my God and I know what I'm doing. Now you have to find someone else who has that too. Someone that's, I don't care what their occupation is. I don't care what God has called them to. As long as they're obedient to the calling, not the opinion of what mommy and daddy, you or anybody else thinks that they need to do. It's the obedience factor to the invitation. And then once you're obedient, then God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all things that you can ask or think. And as long as you are seeking first the kingdom, then all these other things will be added unto you. But in order to be have hope, you have to know who you serve and what has he called you to. Because in the last step of getting in with someone is marriage. You have your master. You know who you're serving. You know the mission. Now let's get married. Now let's become intimate. Now let's mate. Now let us leave a father and mother and cleave to the wife, men. Genesis 2, 24, that we shall become one flesh. And that one flesh serves one God and has a mission to do together. When you come together, you know, and God will put it together, but your vision and their vision will come together and enhance his vision for one another. So get before you get met, you when finding that one person, there is hope to know that there is somebody out there. You just have to trust the process 
<laughs> like my boy Joel and B, you have to just trust the process to know that God has his best interest with you when you do how he has commanded you to do. If you notice, I didn't say anything about premarital sex, addictions, baggage, all those other things that can come in relationship. Why? Because when you find the master, when you serve God and love him with all your heart, and you're obedient to what he has called you to do, and that other person is doing the same thing, and you get married, that covenant together, those things are taken care of when you're focusing on the master, what he's called you to do, and the one he's called you to do it with. So, Father, right now, I just pray for every single person that is out there right now. I pray, God, that your spirit speaks to them through this podcast and either confirms relationships that they should uh, not be in or confirms relationships that they are in. I pray that they will find the eyes and have the hope to do it your way and see that the best days are yet to come. Lord, I pray that that single woman and maybe even single again has the hope to trust in you and know that all things will work together for her good. Let that man know he doesn't have to be like everybody else, but you have called him to be a peculiar person at this time. Let that man and that woman come together and understand that your purpose for them will be enhanced once they are obedient to you. Trust the process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to this podcast, and we'll be back and talk to you soon. Bye-bye.